0: John, John chapter 15, when you found it, would you stand for the reading of the word of God? I want to preach a message this morning on what the world thinks of Jesus. John chapter 15, beginning with verse 18, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own, but because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the world that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer, and uh, you ask God to give you something from the preaching of the Word of God, and ask for the Holy Spirit to be with me as we preach this message this morning on the world and how it feels about Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the beautiful music. And uh, Lord, it just prepared the table for the spreading of the Word of God. And Father, I pray here and those in social media, Lord, will be touched by the Word of God, not my preaching, but the Word of God. And Father, I pray if there's one here this morning or there that knows you not for the pardon or remission of sins, that they would receive you this morning as their personal Savior, and we could rejoice in that. For we have that blessed hope that the world has no knowledge of or does not want to know of, and turning a deaf ear and turning away from it. And, Lord, they hate you. You bother them, and you get in the way, and you're a stumbling block for their good time. Help us just to preach the truth this morning of how the world feels concerning Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. I want to tell you from the start that I applaud some governors and some senators that are turning their minds and their hearts back to the Lord and they are this day declaring that they will be for life. Amen? Now, having said that, their party now hates them. You know, if you take a stand for Jesus Christ, sooner or later somebody is not going to like you for that. If you're on the job and you're working and you mention Christ, they'll walk away or they'll say some snide remark or call you something like a Bible lover or a Bible toter. That's good, isn't it? That's what we are. We ought not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We ought to tell it just like it is, not in a brash or bombastic way or an egotistical way or a chauvinist way, but we just ought to be able to look at somebody and say, Jesus is our Savior. The Holy Spirit is our provider and our caretaker. The Lord God Almighty created us. We are nothing but flesh. We are sinners saved by grace and grace alone based upon the shed blood of Jesus. But here in John Chapter 15, this morning, we, in fact, could be reading today's headlines, could we not? Let's examine it for a moment. Notice verse 18. If the world hates you, hmm, know that it hated me before it hated you. The world hates God. Amen? Amen. The 1960s Nietzsche wrote God is dead. May I say that Nietzsche is dead? Nietzsche is in hell. The world hates God because the world loves sin. But the Bible says sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. Death is uh, sin is not beautiful. Sin is not compassionate. Sin is not something that we should rush to. Sin is not something we ought to lay up in an account. Sin is sin. For sin, Jesus died. God gave his son, and on the very moment of his death, God turned away from his son, or he would have had to have judged him. Sin is sin. It's not colorful. It's not beautiful. It's not charismatic. It's not a habit. Sin is just sin. Sin is anything that we know that scripturally is wrong, and we do it anyway. You say, not me. Well, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not one that is righteous. No, not one. No man or woman standing before God at the bema will say, I made it here on what I did, and I owe it all to my ability to get where I am. No man or woman will fall on their face before a holy God, a God that will beam and shine and the very radiance of him you'll turn your eyes from. He is the Lord God Almighty. He's the potentate of heaven. He's the judge of all judges. And in his court, it is fair, it will be just, and it will be final. He is God. There is none other. And the world hates God. But then, we're also said, or told in this verse, that if that is the case, then the world hates you. Now, hate is a very strong word. May I say to you, they don't just feel inconvenient around you. They just don't feel that they can be subtle and get along with you. May I say that a lost man hates a Christian. You say, well, some of my family are lost. They hate you in the biblical sense because, you see, you now are a stumbling block for them. They don't want to come to your house because you're going to tell them about Jesus. They don't want to go to outings with you or family reunions with you because they know that they're going to be told about Jesus, and that is they do not like, it puts too much pressure on them because their eyes are darkened because they love the things of the world, not the things that you represent. You take away their false sense of security. You make them feel upset with a vice that they may have. Listen, it's the truth of the word of God You can read it here. The world hates God. The world hates you. I had a man tell me one time, get out of my shop, don't ever tell me about Jesus ever again. He hated me for doing that. I stepped into a man's yard when he was working, and I was witnessing to him, and he said, get off of my property Don't ever tell me about that Bible. I went to a toll booth on the West Virginia turnpike. I handed my money there for the fare, gave the woman a track. She took the track, threw it up, and littered the state highway of West Virginia. The world hates God. Wake up. The world hates you. Let me suggest to you, verse 19, if ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world, what? That's what the Bible says. The Bible wrong? No, it's not. But I, I draw your attention, if you were of the world, the world would love you. You could drink with them, smoke with them, You could curse with them. You could tell dirty jokes with them. You could dress like them and act like them, have your hair like them and your attitude like them and live like them, and bless God, they will love you for it. Amen? Because you're just like them. I had a person come up to me one time and and say to me, you're a Christian, aren't you? And I said, yes, I am. Well, we could tell. Now, there's only one person there. We could tell. That we is the world. The world can tell if you are a Christian on the job or in the mall or in church. The world can tell that, and it makes them very, very uncomfortable. Pardon me, I have pneumonia. One lung. And you make them feel so uncomfortable that they don't want to be around you. I can remember when I was teaching that I would walk in to a certain area of the teacher's lounge and a group of male teachers was there (coughs) and they would just simply get up and leave. I never had to worry about finding a place to sit down at the table. And I would walk in And oftentimes, if they would stay, their conversation would change. Well, we ought to make, we ought to live our life in such a way that we make the world feel uncomfortable to where a man or a woman will say, you know, I've noticed your life. There's something different about your life. How can you have that peace? I've told this before, but when I was principal, I had a senior young female knock on the door, and she was crying. And she came into the office. I said, honey, sit down. What's wrong? She said, I wish I could be like your daughters. I wish I could have a home like they come from. Well, I felt so sorry for her. My heart was broken. She was sitting there saying that, you know, I see something different in your daughters. I see it in the way they dress and the way that uh, they talk, and they're, they're talking about the Lord. And then when my son Joe was a senior at Sims Valley, before he would go into the college with postgraduate courses, would walk by and drop tracks in students' lockers. You know, they have those little convenient holes there. They're ideal for tracks. and. Somebody got upset with that, you see. Well, listen, the world is just inconvenienced by your testimony. You just might as well go to the bank on it. Notice verse 20. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute who? You. You. If they have persecuted, kept my saying, they will keep yours also. I know people that are Christians that have not been able to get a job simply because if they were hired by that company or that factory, guess what? That company or that factory's employees would be uncomfortable. That's the truth. You know it, and I know it. And not only that, but certain individuals could be have a been appointed to positions. Let me give you an example. Mark is over in Junior Church in Melissa, but I'm going to tell this. Mark at one time was in sales, and he went from state to state. And uh, he would go up, and he would say to the president of a company, uh, I want to take you out to dinner, and I want to explain to you the windows that I'm selling. And uh, they would go to this restaurant, and uh, when it came time to order the drinks, the man who was a company president or a representative would order an alcoholic beverage, and he would say to Mark, uh, Whatever you want to drink, uh, I'll, I'll take. The tab, and Mark would order a diet Coke or a diet Pepsi. And Mark would sit there, and they would drink, and they would be uncomfortable. Mark was just tickled to death that he was down to a meal and had a diet drink. But they were uncomfortable. And I dare say that in some instances, it probably kept him from a sale. You see, it doesn't matter if you're an executive and you're socially drinking or you're a deadbeat poor drunk out there. If you drink, you're a drinker. And any time that you do this, you hide it or you're embarrassed when you do it. Let me assure you that around Christians, if you do that sin, and it may be other sins, you're going to feel grossly uncomfortable. You're going to feel embarrassed, or you're going to feel funny, or you're going to feel like, "Uh uh-oh, I wish people wouldn't know that I do this. Well, the fact of the matter is, God knows already. Amen? And if you loved God, you would give up that social sin. Amen? Notice now. Remember, the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you if they have kept my saying they will keep yours also. Now, look at verse 21. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. You know, I I think one of the greatest tragedies in the world is that we do not witness enough. There are people, believe it or not, that in this community and all over America that really would be saved, really would want to be saved if there was a witness. Because, you know, you have that level of society that are moral people, and these moral people feel that their righteousness is good enough. That they're going to heaven based upon some contrived merit system well I'm a moral person I'm better than that person that says they're a Christian and I see how they act on the job or I watch how they act when they recreate listen they are moral people but the fact of the matter is they're lost as a goose and their morality it's good, but it's not good enough to take them to heaven. So, but all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. And here is, in fact, our responsibility, to tell them about the one who sent him. Amen? Are you still passing out those small cards? Ladies, are you getting them and putting them in your purses? Men, are you putting them in your billfolds? And at every opportunity, do you give someone a card that is a witness? They may not call you today or come to this church tomorrow, but you know, 10 years down the road, tragedy comes, and guess what? They at least know one church that cares enough about them to tell them And invite them to church amen by the way where were we until somebody witnessed to us amen well finally verse 22 if I had not come and spoken unto them they had not had sin but now they have no cloak for their sin now that let me tell you two things first of all Now, there's no excuse for their sin. Amen? And the Bible says here that they cannot hide their sin. And that's what the world would like to tell you and keep from you is the fact that the more you tell them about Jesus, the more convicted or bitter or mad they become. But the fact of the matter is, is there's no place to hide their sin you can't cover it up you can't detail it away <coughs> you can't smother it sin is evidenced and and but the fact of the matter is if Christ had not come the sin would have not been revealed amen so one of the things that Christ did with his Advent, with his coming, was simply exposed sin. Amen? I mean, and, and the way in the New Testament he exposed sins was so subtle. Let's see. Ye hypocrites, you whited sepulchers. Boy, I want to tell you now that, you know, they didn't love to hear that. And they hated Christ. That's what Verse or chapter 15 is all about. They hated Christ. And when you expose them to being hypocrites and you expose them to being whited sepulchers, and by the way, he said other things as well, then guess what? They're not going to like you. You know, you go up to a man that is a drinker and you say to him, strong drink is raging, wine is a mocker, and the Bible says so much about not drinking, you know, they're going to be uncomfortable, and they're not going to want you to come around much. I I was knocking on a door one time when I was pastor of Decatur, and it was a nice home. And uh, they didn't know I was coming, obviously, because I had visited that home because a man and his wife came to church there for the first time. So I visited that home, and they opened the door. And just as they opened the door, his face became nothing but a glare of shock because there in the dining room was a nice round poker table and chips and booze. And, you know, he he said, are you the uh, pastor of the, listen, uh, we enjoyed the service down there. Uh, We probably will come back and uh, never saw him again. Never saw him again. But but I, I, I really believe that that's the most uncomfortable that man has ever been in his entire life. Sin is sin. Not an excuse. It's not a habit. Sin is sin. And so they the sin that night of booze and, and gambling in that home, I'm not talking about... Not talking about playing parchisi or something in your home with a Pepsi there. I'm standing with some raw. I'm standing there looking at some raw booze and 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 looking at some people that are that are going <coughs> feeling very uncomfortable and money being exchanged. Listen, I believe that probably that's the most uncomfortable. About five or six people were. You can't hide sin. Sooner or later, be sure your sin will find you out. We had a group here singing, and it was a group that was well-known. That's why I don't have people coming in. Uh, well, we have West Coast, but we can rest assured that those young men are worthy of singing praises. But I just don't invite outside groups. We don't, we don't need outside groups. We have beautiful singing christ honoring singing here already but we brought that group in you learn brought that group in and i got a call from his son the next day he said you had my dad in your church i said yes we did they did a great job he said well mom and i know that he gets on the computer at night and exchanges with women and looks at nude and porn sites and i thought And I let him in the church. I didn't know that. You see, but I know the testimony of those that are here, that they love the Lord and love singing the praises, and anything that they sing is going to be acceptable. And isn't our singing? don't, Don't you love our singing? Whether it's the choir or the specials, we don't need any other singers coming in. But they know That sin now is exposed. Now, what are you going to do when the sin is exposed? You know? You're going to have to do one of two things. You're going to have to continue doing it, or you're going to have to repent of your sins and change your life. Amen? Now, wouldn't it be great if sin was exposed? You say, how was that? Through the preaching of the Word of God this morning, the Holy Spirit now is speaking to you. And there's a sin that the Holy Spirit has exposed. We may not know anything about it. That's between you and the Lord. But the preaching of the Word of God may have exposed a sin in your life. You know it's wrong, and you know chapter 15 is right. You know what you need to do? We're going to have an invitation. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Why don't you do that which is holy, that which is right, that which you need to do, and just simply bow your head and say, Holy Spirit of God, you've exposed in the preaching of the Word of God today, you've exposed a sin that I've tried to keep hid. I don't want to do that anymore because I know now That since you've exposed it, you have to judge it if I don't confess it. Wouldn't it be wonderful today if the Holy Spirit just pricked your heart and you just said to him, Holy Spirit, it's time. I'm going to give God the glory. Let's stand, would you please? Heads bowed and eyes closed. Heavenly Father, the word of God is so powerful, it needs not man. The word of God stands alone. Lord, the world hates you. The world hates the Christian that loves you. (coughs) But you've said here in chapter 15 that sin is no more hidden. Jesus came, and he became the light of the world. Jesus exposed their sins. That's why they hated him. Religion would never be the same once Jesus was crucified. For they realized, Lord, that Jesus told the truth. They may not have accepted him as Messiah, but they could not. Talk away the healing of the blind, the palsied, the crippled, and the dumb. They could not explain that away. And so they responded to him by saying that he was of the devil. Imagine that, stating that the king of all glory, our sinner was in fact of the devil. No, the truth of the matter is, they were exposed and they were of the devil. Maybe today, there's someone whose heart is pricked enough that will say, Lord, I get it. The message resonates. I cannot do this any longer, for it's exposed by the Holy Spirit and by the preaching of the word of God. Lord, for your glory, I quit it right now. Lord, as you're my witness, I'll never do it again. Oh, to God be the glory. Victory is now Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never been saved. You would just like to come this morning, repent of your sins, and ask Jesus to come into your heart and save your soul. Would you do that this morning? Jesus will save you. He that cometh to him, he in no wise will cast out. Will you come to Jesus this morning? We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.